Hey guys, uh, Steve Baker, TPC, the pragmatic constitutionalist for those who have not joined us before. I'll just start off by telling you a little personal story that happened to me. Sunday uh, was a bit of a landmark day of sorts. I actually had an Easter gig. Many of you know that uh, my occupation for most of the last 40 years of my life has been as a uh, professional musician. And uh, this was the first time that I've been able to play music live since uh, roughly early November. Uh, that was when my band performed an illegal gig at a North Carolina distillery in a very uh, rural uh, community. Uh, it was in a county where the sheriff was not enforcing our governor's executive orders. So they held this big old public soiree with a lot of people dancing, packed in like sardines, uh, no masks. Uh, in November of 2020, that was quite a, an oasis of normalcy. And this was, as I said, just prior to the Thanksgiving holidays. And then for me, it was poof, back to nothing again. This particular Easter service was held outside of the church. It was a drive-up service broadcasted over an FM signal so people could listen from the safety of their cars. Uh, some people chose to sit in their lawn chairs outside their vehicles. Uh, everyone was masked, at least everyone that I saw that was attending. I couldn't see inside every one of the cars. Uh, some of the uh, singers and church choir that were out gathered in the kind of lawn area were unmasked when they sang, but then some of them actually sang through the masks. Uh, but then the other members that took them off while I sang, put them back on. Same thing with the minister. I was the only person at the entire event <laughs> on Sunday morning who never put a mask on. And it was, you know, I couldn't help but think about how early in this particular, you know, crisis situation when I was obviously um, writing profusely against the mask uh, hypocrisies and tomfoolery and, you know, the just the ridiculousness surrounding the masking. Someone asked me if I would be willing to mask up if it meant that I got to go back to work again. And what did I answer them? I said, um, I'm a trumpet player. So anyway, that was then. This is now. And it was great uh, for me to be able to do this on Sunday morning. It was a beautiful day. It was crystal clear. Carolina blue skies, perfect temperature, and, you know, it was just a joy to be able to make a little music again. And uh, even though it was just simple arrangements and an old church, it was something that's been taken away from me for a year now. So it was nice to, to get it back even just for a, a morning. All right, let's get into what I really wanted to talk about today, for the most part, is an interesting follow-up on the last series of social media posts about vaccine passports. Uh, it's rather obvious that many of those commenting in the threads on you know, Facebook and elsewhere had not watched my last podcast or video uh, on this particular topic. Many believe that we should maintain our stand uh, that American citizens can both expect personal health care privacy and also allow private businesses to choose how they want to operate their business and whether or not they want to require vaccine passports. And so, you know, in a perfect world, I feel exactly the same way. Unfortunately, we no longer live in that world. Already, private businesses are following the recommendations of federal and state governments on all things related to both COVID and in so many other social justice issues. So uh, we have national and international pressures on big businesses of all kinds. Uh, these are related to the Great Reset, the new ESG scores that we're hearing so much about. 
including COVID, uh, the world's largest financial institutions are beginning to pressure multinational corporations to conform to all manner of social justice, social engineering, and environmental ideals. You've already heard about banks not processing credit card transactions on gun sales. Well, where do you think that that precedent is going to lead, particularly coming into um, this new avalanche of social justice ideas? Uh, look at what's happening in Georgia, for God's sakes. Uh, the, the new voter laws there are now some of the most liberal in the country, making it easier to vote than even in New York State. Uh, so what's the narrative? What are we hearing out of Georgia? What are we hearing from the mainstream media related to the new Georgia voter uh, laws? What is it Biden? Is it President Biden who actually called it Jim Crow on steroids? Not sure that he said that, but I think that was the right attribution for that quote. Um, when, when it's, I mean, come on, Jim Crow on steroids when it's absolutely nothing of the sort. I mean, what an insult to those people who actually lived through Jim Crow laws. It's not just hyperbole. It's, it's a flat out and out lie. The narrative is, in fact, a lie. The new Georgia law, law, as I mentioned, is far more liberal than the previous codes in the state. And as a result of this new law, now Major League Baseball has pulled the all-star game. Uh, more boycotts will, will surely follow. United Airlines, Coca-Cola, other Georgia-based companies are decrying the racism, disenfranchisement, and the white supremacy of the law, uh, when the only thing racist is the leftist media spin that blacks and other minorities don't, you know, don't know how to acquire an ID, a free ID. I mean, they're incapable of acquiring an ID. I mean, how racist is that? I mean, we are also talking about the very IDs they use to access all other services, everything else that they participate in, including buying Major League Baseball game tickets at the will call window. They've got to show their ID. Um, speaking of the MLB All-Star Game, Major League Baseball has announced that they're moving it to Colorado, a state which just so happens to require voter ID and has a less overall um, liberal or democratic appealing voting rules than the new Georgia law itself. <coughs> Excuse me. And in, in, in fact, Denver is a city with less than 10% black population, yet Major League Baseball took the game away from Atlanta, which has more than a 50% black population. Additionally, it is estimated that Atlanta will now lose $100 million in lost revenues to the Atlanta economy by virtue of the game being moved to Denver. I mean, come on, seriously. Can, can any Democrat, can any leftist, any social justice warrior, socialist, voters' right activist, anyone, please explain to me how in the world that this makes any sense whatsoever? Other than you know the fact that most Americans are only ever going to get their information about the new Georgia law from MSM sources that are 100% committed to uh, creating a false narrative, you know, something that does not even exist in reality. Uh, it's just that absurd. It is they, Democrats, and their cohorts in the mainstream media really are the ones that are fully revealing themselves as racists throughout this entire process with these claims that minorities are incapable of producing uh, ID and then taking boycott actions that 
actually hurt the very people that they claim to care about by pulling the all-star game out of Atlanta. My God, my industry alone, the, the entertainment industry, same with the sports industry, you know who's been hurt the most is the people that work in the service side of that industry. Those who work in concessions, those who work in the parking lots, those who take the tickets, all of those people who've not been able to do any of those things for a year have been the ones that have been most hurt by these lockdowns. So now they get awarded the all-star game at a time that things are beginning to open up and they're beginning to allow limited capacity at the stadiums and the various venues, and now they've ripped that away. Well, who do you think those employees are? What color do you think those employees are in Atlanta? Who got punished by Major League Baseball? The Republican legislature? No. It always ends up coming down to the people getting punished. Always. People don't believe in the trickle-down effect. They're stupid. They're naive. It always, always trickles down to those in the lowest income brackets. It always trickles down to those in the worst neighborhoods. It always trickles down to those who are the poorest. When these types of boycott actions are taken and these types of, of reactions are, are taken by major corporations for some social justice issue, that law of unintended consequences bites them in the ass. And what's amazing is they know it. They know it going in. They're just participating in the false narrative. And 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 for God, God, God I, I don't know why. Do you? Add some comments at the bottom of this video wherever you see it posted. And, and let me know what you think is going on here. I, I challenge anyone. Just show me a single racist, racist or disenfranchising aspect of the new Georgia law. Anyone. Just please show it to me. Um, Back to the vaccine passport. I kind of got off on a tangent there. Here's what uh, Dr. Fauci had to say a couple of days ago, and I'm going to quote him. He says, I doubt that the federal government will be the main mover of a vaccine passport concept. They may be involved in making sure things are done fairly and equitably, but I doubt if the federal government is going to be the leading element of that. Now, Fauci did note that he believes that businesses or schools could require uh, vaccine passports to enter their buildings. He, he continued, and I quote again, I'm not saying that they should or that they would, but I am saying you could foresee how an independent entity might say, well, we can't be dealing with you unless we know you're vaccinated, but it's not going to be mandated from the federal government. Meanwhile, the European Union and many other countries are now drafting vaccine passport initiatives. And, of course, Fauci will be tickled pink when any of our American states come up with their own requirements. Here in North Carolina, my own governor, uh, who I refer to as the Corona Gruppenführer Cooper, is himself working on an idea uh, at this very time for just such a passport. And I quote, We want to be able to help people to be able to show others that they have gotten the vaccine because a lot of people are going to want that. So we are figuring that out now and we're having discussions about the best way to do that. 
uh, in New York State. They actually already have a website up. They've already named it. They've got their program there. You can uh, you can sign up for it. It's called uh, New York State Vaccine Passport. It's called the Excelsior Pass. The Excelsior Pass. It's an electronic health certificate that shows up on somebody's you know smartphone. Any business can then scan the code to see if that person has been vaccinated. The question is, is how long will these be voluntary? I mean, will it be voluntary for private businesses to implement these strategies? Yeah, certainly for now. But what happens when insurance companies get involved, requiring even small businesses to use the program in, in order to, to get uh, coverage, be that health care coverage for their employees or just general liability over the, the, the company itself? And what about banks? Back to banks, in order to process credit card payments or to secure business loans, um, you don't think that those discussions are happening right now between big business and big banks with state government's involvement? If you don't think so, man, again, you're woefully naive. Remember the pragmatic you know, constitutionalist primary axiom. There's the world we want versus the world in which we actually live. We now live in a world where big everything, big tech, big box, big banks, big pharma, big this, big that, they're all partnering now with governments to make it nearly impossible to do business unless they comply with the, the Great Reset Agenda. And that's that's only going to trickle down to the smallest mom-and-pop shops on Main Street USA, and it's coming soon. Will there be holdouts? <clears throat> certainly, mo- most certainly, but, but for how long? Will Americans be able to have or will they even be given the opportunity to choose between which restaurant, which bar, which grocery store is not requiring the passport or if they're so inclined because of the, they're, they're concerned about their health and their safety, choosing one of those uh, entities that do require the passport? Are we going to be given a true and equitable choice in the marketplace for that or not? I think that there will be some holdouts for sure. But the, the question again is, but for how long? All this talk, you know, that we've had recently about two Americas. Look, two Americas, I'm all for it. But will our America, the, the America that represents the founding principles of this country, that so many of us are still clinging to, will our America be represented in these two Americas? Will we have our own banking and financial institutions um, to operate under this, you know, uh, uh, operate apart from this other global agenda? Our America sure, sure as hell has caved in the last year with barely a whimper to, you know, every step of the progressive COVID mandatory restrictions and lockdowns. And they've done so with barely a whimper. And these COVID restrictions have annihilated millions of jobs, millions of savings accounts, and put millions of people in you know unbearable debt as they've been living off of their credit cards in the last year just to get by on basic necessities it's also killed hundreds of thousands of jobs many that are just never going to come back um, as i said in the previous um, podcast how long will it be before myself before i'm even uh, no longer able to pursue my own career in the music industry without myself or my band members uh, having first you know, to produce a vaccine passport just to, just, just to stand on stage. Will you even be able to keep your own job without such evidence? Does it matter to you? You know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to divert here for just a second and say uh, again and again and again, because I want everyone to be completely aware of this. I am, in fact, not an anti-vaxxer. 
never have been, never written a word in my life, either uh, concurring with the, you know, the anti-vax activists or concurring with the COVID vax or the anti-COVID vax crowd. In fact, I believe that the data coming out right now today has enough strength to show that if you are in the higher risk groups, particularly over 65 years of age, or if you have uh, certain underlying health conditions, as they, as they say, premorbidities, comorbidities, however you want to define it, if you have specific reasons to believe that you are at risk, there is specific and real data showing that you're probably going to be less at risk from COVID-19 if you, in fact, get the vaccine. So I'm not opposed to that. I am opposed to the young, the healthy, lining up for this vaccine instead of going through the natural herd immunity process and also just taking the time to just to find out if there's going to be any long-term effects to these vaccines. I'll do, a, I'll do another podcast based more of what I've been studying for the book here so I can get into more detail about that later. That won't be now, but I promise you we'll come back to that at a later date. Point being is, how long before I'm actually required to get the jab just to play music again in front of people or for you to keep your job uh, unless there's a huge tectonic shift in the narrative and half the country you know decides to grow a huge set of uh, american you know all american patriotic balls uh, i i just don't see this uh freight train doing anything but running over us in the near future uh, do you you feel differently Comment below. Let me know. I want to. I want to see what you feel about this. You know, for one thing, just just take a glance at the headlines over the last two days. I I jotted down. I, I cut, copied, and pasted a few of the headlines I've seen just in the last two days about this coming from major uh, media sources because they're not going to let this go. Take this into account. Infection rates rise, but experts disagree on what to call the new surge. Double mutant strain emerges in California. Paris fears worst still to come. Foreign travel on hold for United Kingdom. <laughs> this one's a little hyperbolic. World's worst death rate sends checks back into Cold War misery. Brazil records deadliest month as crisis worsens. And now it comes back home. CDC director warns of impending doom as COVID-19 cases spike in most states. Epidemiologist warns U.S. is at the beginning of fourth COVID-19 surge. Look, as I said, the MSM is just not going to let this go. Neither are the bureaucrats. Neither are those who have gained unprecedented power during this time. They're not going to let this go, and those headlines are not going to stop. They're not going to uh, do this anytime soon, and certainly not before they frighten enough American businesses into requiring passports in order for them to get back to normal and get their earnings back to normal. I spent many, many hours of the last three days myself just going through past client lists to see if or how many might be at a point where they're willing to start booking shows again. Since there have been some, you know, loosening of local restrictions and, and capacity uh, limits on some venues, there's just no other way to say it. I, I, at some point, I've got to start earning a living again, and I've been, you know, 
doing the doing that work of the last few over the last few days of old school prospecting and going as I said back to past client lists. Uh, check out uh, these uh, these two responses that I got yesterday in my email box. Hi Steve, I wish I could tell you that we were up and running, but the truth is we are not. We are going by the directives of the governor. I do have talent that has been on hold that are still willing to come when we do open. Sorry for not having a more direct answer, but at this time, it's the best I can do. And then this one from another uh, past client. Good afternoon. While we are happy to see that vaccine is available more widely, Durham County is not quite at the stage that we will be hosting any events uh, at this time. Thank you for asking. Be safe. What do you think they're waiting on? Exactly one year ago today, I wrote these words to our TPC readers. We have a lot of work ahead explaining the difference between capitalism and cronyism to these MSM mind-numbed twits. And that cronyism doesn't exist except for the upturned palm of an elected government official. And that cronyism, with all its associated inefficiencies, is historically, irrefutably, always worse under socialist regimes. In other words, those now scrambling for emergency deregulations, like over vaccine creation, to save lives, also want us to be more like China when the crisis is over. Yes, that China, the very source of this worldwide emergency. Yeah, that China, uh, you know, with its show-me-your-papers regime and their social credit scores, which determine where and how you might engage in commerce and social activities and where you can go and who you can go with. So I say again, as I did in the in the in my last podcast, you purist libertarians out there, just keep pounding on your, you know, private business has the right to set their own rules, chess. They're only private until they're not. And we're seeing a lot more evidence today that they're not, both large and small. And, and there are huge forces that are now engaged to see to it that we lose that distinction, even here in America. The end of private business, end of private property, individual privacy, bodily autonomy, and our freedom to choose what's best, what is best for ourselves. It's all going away. There's obviously a lot more news that I, be, I could be covering today. Uh, but as you can tell, this particular topic I take rather personally for obvious reasons. Anyway, uh, just just briefly, a um, couple of other things that, that are maybe worth commenting on. The, the Minneapolis trial of um, the police officer, Derek Chauvin, proceeds apace at this time. The officer, as you remember, is the one that is accused of uh, killing George Floyd. And so now that city of Minneapolis and the rest of the country awaits, uh, holding their breath, as it were, for the results that could possibly turn both that city and many others into war zones and you know fire tender boxes. Nothing really matters at this point. We're, we're hearing what the prosecution has to say, but uh, really what we're waiting on is to see what the defense presentation is going to be and when they show that photo from the training manual that shows exactly what Derek Chauvin did on George Floyd's neck. As it is right now, that city is sitting there uh, looking to that courthouse that is surrounded by you know double fencing and razor wire and National Guard troops. They're just waiting to see what happens, and so are we. So, again, uh, I hope the truth comes out, and regardless of what it is, and I hope that justice is served regardless of which way it goes. And if it doesn't go the way of uh, what is expected by the 
political left in this country, well then I hope that law enforcement is allowed to do their jobs, their one and only moral function, which is to protect its citizens from force and fraud. And I hope they're allowed to do their job should it go the, go the other way. There's a new Reuters Ipsos poll, which is found, and I quote, half of Republicans believe false accounts of deadly U.S. Capitol riot. It goes on to say, three months after a mob of Trump supporters stormed the Capitol to try to overturn his November election loss, about half of Republicans still believe the siege was largely a nonviolent protest or was the handiwork of left-wing activists trying to make Trump look bad. Apart from the fact <laughs> that Trump needed no help whatsoever to make himself look bad, either on that day or any other day during his presidency, the protest rally itself was, in fact, largely nonviolent. In fact, by any, any mathematical measure, it was by far the least violent protest that took place in the last six, eight, nine months in this country. And as I say, that is a by percentage of participants. Uh, certainly less violent than any of the George Floyd-inspired BLM protests in the months um, that preceded January 6th. There were hundreds of thousands of protesters at that rally who never came close to engaging in anything close to violence at the Capitol building. Now that we know that the uh, Capitol police officer who was alleged to have been killed uh, at, the, um, uh, at the site of where the violence was taking place, that did not happen. We know that now. Uh, we know as a result of that being discounted, that the only death at the Capitol itself that was the result of violence was Ashley Babbitt herself, who was killed by a Capitol police officer. And how does that compare to the more than 20 people who have died in the um, BLM George Floyd riots? How does that compare to the many police officers, many, many more police officers who have been both injured and killed as a result of the uh, George Floyd riots and protests? Which building in Washington was burned on January 6th. Can anyone point that out to me? Look, if the George Floyd protests were mostly peaceful, then January 6th was mathematically far more mostly peaceful uh, by the math than any of the BLM riots. So uh, was the capital violence, violence justified? No, not in the least. But the leftist media and the politicos continued to justify the much greater violence associated with the BLM protests. They did so while it was happening. They continue to do so in their reports. They continue to spend it that way. In fact, they, should ha they, they say, how dare us make any comparisons to what took place over those socially justified protests as compared to what took place against the Capitol Police that day on January 6th. So they continue to do that. And, and, the, and the, the, the reality is, even though that violence wasn't justified, let's get our story straight and stop the spin about this mostly peaceful BLM protest as compared to the much greater violence that took place on Capitol Hill on January 6th. That, again, is a lie. It's a lie coming from the media, and it's a lie coming from that Capitol building itself. Just as with all things COVID, almost all things COVID, the new Georgia voting law, all of the spin that we're hearing about uh, the reasons for gun control initiatives, as well as uh, the recent lies about um, the Asian crime, which is mostly black on Asian crime by you know large, large, large multitudes, uh, the media continues to deliberately spin these tales into, I mean, they're just 180 degrees 
opposite of the truth. Uh, in other news, uh, this is interesting. Two more terror suspects were arrested uh, trying to cross our southern border into California. They were both from Yemen, both on terror watch list and both on no-fly list. Uh, I don't know if you remember this or not, but um, just a few weeks ago, 11 Iranians were also captured trying to cross our southern border. Oh, you didn't hear about it? Well, hmm. It was in the news. Uh, it was reported by you know border security agencies, but those things are just not trumpeted by the mainstream press. It would not fit the narrative that what's going on with the border crisis at this point. In fact, this is exactly one of the reasons why I am not an open border libertarian. Um, as I said, there's a world we want versus the world in which we actually live, and we live in a very dangerous world. We have plenty of open source intelligence that Hamas and Hezbollah have training camps in Central America. This is where they learn the language. They take on the appearance of the locals. They embed themselves in the immigrant caravans, and they head to the border. Uh, one wonders how many of those have not been caught with the uh, uh, tens of thousands being released into the United States at this point. And please do not laugh that off. Look, as I said, there are thousands and thousands of pages of open source and, uh, intelligence available about the fact of terror training camps in Central America. It's indisputable, and this comes from the very most reliable of sources. If you don't believe it, just spend a little time researching. If you need help, comment down here. I'll help you out. Finally, yeah. <laughs> You're not going to believe the email I received from Facebook yesterday. Check this out. It actually says this. Dear Steve, important changes are underway for one of our measurement products at Facebook. In the coming months, we will be retiring Facebook Analytics. After June 30th, 2021, Facebook Analytics will no longer be available. <laughs> wow. I mean, they don't give us any reason whatsoever. There, there's... No reference, no explanation, no reasons given, no idea whether they're going to replace it with anything or not. It just says that their analytics that they provide for those who run business pages, like myself, I have several, are just going to go away. Those analytics are exactly how we're able to track the massive throttling and the reach restrictions they place on our pages, how they can justify that to millions of businesses, absolutely beyond me. Uh, but myself and many other libertarian uh, and liberty voices and right-leaning uh, voices, we have been using those analytics to demonstrate, as you've heard me talk about a lot, what they're doing to us. Um, look, I don't spend any money with Facebook any longer. I'm never going to give them another penny ever. But those analytics that they provide, they still give me a window into the reach of each post that I make. They show me what works, what doesn't work, how many people are seeing or are allowed to see anything that I put out on any given topic, etc. They're very, very beneficial. So anyway, I, I, I just don't understand how they can just say, oh, well, I, by the way, we're taking those very important things away from you. Please continue to spend money with us, though. Uh, I mean, honestly, I hope they pay a really dear price for this. Okay, that said, uh, TPC's new political home is no longer Facebook. It is now Locals. Please consider joining the TC com TCP community over there at thepragmaticconstitutionalist.locals.com. Uh, it's growing. It's becoming more active when you're on our locals page, our locals community, you don't have to scroll by any ads. In fact, you won't ever even see one. Uh, there's no unwanted information or news in your feed. You only see what you subscribe to. And it's free to subscribe, contrary to what some people believe. But more so than ever, we do need your support right now. We have a lot going on, and we, you know, 
we have a, we have we have big plans and we have a lot we're trying to do and you guys have been incredibly generous thank you very much those of you that helped have helped us initiate these early phases of, of our transition out of just being a you know little facebook uh, thing and so uh, for only five dollars per month uh, you'll be able to interact with the entire tpc community on locals you can even post your own content and and that's something that i have never allowed before in any of my social media sites is for uh, our followers to post their own content but on locals we are doing it if you're paying even just as little as five dollars a month i'm giving you the right to post your content and we'll talk about it whether I agree with it or not, we'll, we'll have a conversation. And uh, in addition to posting your own content and interacting with everyone else, uh, you'll, um, you'll, you're going to receive exclusive content from me uh, that's not shared anywhere else uh, in social media world. You can commit more than $5 a month if you like. We have people that do $10, $15, even up to $50 a month. Uh, but the low $5 only paywall is enough to keep away all the trolls and the riffraff. And that's another great solution to that problem and uh, that we we experience in uh, the the garbage pail that is twitter and and what facebook is becoming so please join us at the pragmatic constitutionalist.locals.com the pragmatic constitutionalist.locals.com hopefully we'll see you there and please anything you have to say about this video put it in the comment threads i'll do my best to catch up with you and uh, answer your comments good or bad and to also answer any questions that you have so Take care. Much more to come later. See you soon.